0: It's so good to be back, and I'm sure you're dying to know where I've been. Well, I got married this weekend. I'm now a happily married narrator. It was a mini vacation that I definitely needed. I'm happy to be back, and accompanied by my significant other. I guess you can call her Mrs. Prevails, if it's not too cringy. Also, check this out. It looks like my best man is being abducted by aliens. Uh, He will be missed. Also, I want to say that I could not be here without you guys. To everyone who watches this channel, to everyone on Facebook and Twitter who's there for me and my videos, to everyone supporting me on Patreon, thank you all so much. I'm truly honored to have fans like you. Now, let's read a very scary story from an author called Liquid Dookie. It's a story of what he saw in the videotapes discovered in his basement. Be careful what you uncover and try your best not to open Pandora's box, or in this case, Pandora's VHS. There are only a handful of events in your life that you remember where you were. For many Americans, such as myself, 9-11 was one. For the older generation, The assassination of John F. Kennedy was another. For me, it was the day my parents died. I hope no one has to go through the pain I went through that snowy January evening, and if you have the unfortunate luck to have experienced that kind of trauma, then my thoughts are with you. I was close with my parents. My father, a college professor, always told me about the importance of getting good grades and staying in school. My mother, a nurse, always told me to help others in their times of need. They were perfect role models for me, and the day they died, it was the day a part of me died as well. Their car slid off an embankment in the snow and ice, and they crashed, killing both of them almost instantly. I was at the bar with a few friends and my fiance at the time when I received the phone call from the local police. I was away at college when it happened and unfortunately, nearly 400 miles away. The news hit me like a ton of bricks and all I could do was stare endlessly into the background. The lights were on, but nobody was home, if that makes any sense. After the funeral, My brother Joe and I were going through their house to get their belongings out so the home could either be sold, rented out, or become property of the bank. The familiar smell of the old home reminded me of better times, times where I woke up on Christmas morning to see a Nintendo 64 and Pokemon Stadium waiting for me. You know, those good times. Like an episode of Scooby-Doo, Joe and I split up to make the job easier. I would be in charge of the basement and main floor, while Joe would be in charge of the top floor and attic area. So I started on the main floor, mainly because I still had this irrational fear of the basement. When I was younger, I fell down the steps and broke both my legs, as well as my right wrist in the process. All these years later, and it's still implanted in my mind. Hours went by and after taking a break to sit down, rest and enjoy a cold beer, I opened the door to the basement. As I looked down that narrow flight of steps, memories of eight-year-old me falling down and breaking bones flashed before my eyes. I swallowed hard and I took one step at a time. Once in the basement, the old musty smell became familiar with my nostrils. I looked over toward the single window in the basement where a framed photo of my mother and father hung below it. There was a time where my father wanted to make the basement a lower level family room, but that one hanging photo was as far as he got. Under the stairwell, there were a few boxes from previous years that had yet to be unpacked. I pulled up an old wooden chair and began to search through those boxes hoping I'd find something worth keeping. The first box was just holiday decorations, Christmas, Halloween, hell, even Thanksgiving. My mother was very festive, no matter the holiday. I set that off to the side and I pulled the next box closer to me. There was an old white binder that had hundreds of Pokemon cards and sleeves. I felt like I had just discovered gold in the form of these little paper cards. I flipped through the many pages, just smiling from ear to ear. For those of you who are too young or too old to appreciate Pokemon cards, it was like the greatest thing for an eight-year-old kid in the 90s. I even went to a few tournaments back in the day and won some badges. Anyway, the rest of that box was almost uneventful. There were some old pieces of art that Joe and I drew in class, but nothing really worth keeping. As I searched through the remaining boxes, I thought for sure there was nothing at all worth keeping. The last box just had old silverware and plates, half of which were cracked and broken. I pulled out my phone to turn the flashlight on to search under the stairwell to see if I missed anything. And that's when I saw a small brown box tucked into the corner in the back. On hands and knees, I crawled under the stairwell to grab the box. The box was covered in dust, seemingly untouched in at least a decade. As I wiped off the dust, I opened up the box to see a set of videotapes unmarked. Intrigued, I grabbed the Pokemon binder and the other materials that I deemed worthy to keep, placed them in the box of videotapes, and I headed upstairs. Once I exited the darkness of the basement and embraced the light of the room, I saw Joe sitting on the couch smoking a cigar took you long enough he said sarcastically where did you get those cigars you don't even smoke i found them upstairs they're high quality stogies tj i think dad has been saving them for a special occasion i couldn't help but feel disgusted that my brother would smoke a cigar that our dad might have been saving for a special moment knowing full well that less than a week ago he passed away I sat next to him on the couch and I placed the box and the coffee table in front of us. Why would you put that old dusty box on this good table? Good question, but I just smirked and shrugged it off. Dude, look, it's my old Pokemon binder. I bet some of these cards are worth a good penny nowadays, especially since they look to be in good condition. Yeah, you could sell them all and make a five cent profit from all the money mom and dad wasted on them, Good investment. I rolled my eyes and set the binder to my side. Then I pulled out the first videotape that I saw. Oh, check these out. You want to watch some home movies and laugh at how freaking cringy we were? I said, waving the videotape in front of my brother. Oh, yeah, let's pop those right into the VCR. Oh, wait a minute. It's 2017. No one uses those anymore. He had a point but I knew something he didn't, the secret compartment I made when I was younger in my room upstairs. I hopped up and ran upstairs to my old room. It was empty, but I knew what to look for. In the floor of my closet, I made a makeshift compartment to hide, well, adult-themed movies and magazines. In that compartment was an old VHS player that I would hook up to my TV when no one was home and watch said movies. I ran downstairs with the VHS player in my hand and a giant grin on my face. Thank God I was a smart little pervert, I said, holding the VHS player above my head. Oh, look, you found a VCR. But please tell me how that ancient thing is going to plug into this new TV. Are you going to science it until it works? Again, it was another good point but I knew better. When you were searching upstairs, did you find an older TV? Yeah, but all I needed to know, I told him to follow me upstairs while I went to the attic to find my old TV. I brought the television back downstairs and we plugged it in, along with the VHS player. All right, wanna take bets on what that first video is? I'm gonna guess it was your 10th birthday party when you peed your pants because of the clown. (sighs) Just shut up. I guess old wounds never heal. I popped the first tape in and walked backward, making sure it was loading up. That all-too-familiar blue screen appeared shortly before the video began. I took a seat on the couch next to Joe as we watched the video begin to play. It was grainy and dark, but we could make a movement out from the side. What the heck is this? Some kind of backward snuff film? Joe said in a mocking tone. The darkness soon disappeared as a light kicked in without warning. There we saw a male and a female in white coats with white masks covering their faces. In the middle of the room was a lifeless body of a young boy. He lay on his back with a black tarp over his body. We saw the feet and arms dangling off the side. Okay, what the hell, Joe said, leaning forward. Turn this stuff off, dude. This is some kind of illegal stuff. I was a bit confused about what I was watching. I gulped and continued watching, despite Joe's pleas to turn it off. There was no sound playing from this video, just the video itself. The two white dressed individuals nodded as a third individual came out from the background. They had to be at least seven feet tall. They, or rather it, was lanky and looked as if he hadn't eaten in quite some time. Its arms were very long, almost touching the ground. Its neck was stretched and elongated as well, but its head was very small almost comically small it did not look human at all the creature began to slowly surround the lifeless body of the boy before he placed one of its long legs onto the bed where the boy was laying it had only three toes from what i could see but that could just be the bad quality of the video joe and i watched in horror as that creature surrounded the child But the real horror happened after it mounted the child and began to drag its tongue across the boy's cheek. Its tongue was purple in color and very long and skinny, almost like a serpent's. TJ, I said turn it off. Joe screamed, but I didn't listen. I was almost in a trance. I had no idea what I was watching, but whatever that creature was, It was no human, nor anything I have ever seen before. The creature dragged its tongue down the face and neck of the child before placing its hands on the kid's face. The creature was in a squatting pose above the kid, but its arms and legs were so long that it looked as if it were still standing. Joe got up without hesitation. He turned off the TV before we could saw what happened next. Dude, I freaking told you to turn that crap off. What is this? It's not legal. We need to show this to the freaking cops, man. Where did mom and dad get this crap? I mean, why did they have it? Well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Joe, we have to watch these before we give them to the authorities. What if they're just some homemade horror films or something? We have to watch to make sure it's real, not something made up or else the authorities are just going to laugh at us for being scared by a work of fiction. Reluctantly, Joe sat down and agreed. As we turned the television back on, I rewound back to the part where we last left off, which was the creature squatting above the lifeless child with its hands on the child's face and head. The creature dragged its finger across the cheek of the kid, and its nail was so sharp It left visible cuts across the kid's face. That's when my eyes widened and I looked at Joe. Joe. What? Your scar, Joe. His eyes widened. The cut across the child's left cheek was very similar to a scar across Joe's face that apparently happened after he fell off of his bicycle at a young age. He never remembered any of it, but that's what we were told. What the hell? Maybe it was just a coincidence, but things were beginning to add up. The creature grabbed the leg of the child and began to drag its tongue up and down as if it were enjoying the taste and smell of the kid. I gulped as I jumped up and I paused the tape of the VHS. Joe, look in the background. What do you see? I don't see crap, dude. It's so old and grainy. Look in the background, by the window, then look under. What does that look like? Joe leaned closer into the television and squinted to get a better view. It looks like a picture or something. I gulped my fear down and remembered the picture hanging above the window in our basement. The basement directly below our feet now. I hit play against my better judgment, mind you, and I sat back down. The creature continued to drag its tongue across the leg of the child before hopping down from the bed. It stood straight up and held its arms to its side. Its knuckles touched the ground, and it was so tall that its head was out of view from the camera. The man and the woman dressed in white both nodded their heads as the creature bolted out of the camera's view. The man in white proceeded to walk toward the camera and turned it off as the screen turned to static. What, what, what the hell was that, TJ? What the hell? I tried to calm Joe down, but even I was perplexed. I looked down into the box and realized there were more videos, but I did not want to look at what was next. I popped the first video out and put it to the side as I sat down on the couch next to Joe. Joe looked like he had just seen a ghost. There's, uh, three more videos, Joe. But Jesus Christ, I- I'm afraid of what we're going to see. He hung his head into his hands and began to stomp his feet in disbelief. As we sat in silence on the couch, our attentions turned somewhere else. We heard a noise that was similar to something dragging across the floor. And it was coming